Welcome to this episode of the Pat Mayo Experience. I am Gary and Thorne, which must mean we are talking some baseball on today's show. 2020 MLB rankings. We are using the NFBC ranks to get a sense of where we are early on in February, still about a month and a half away from the beginning of the baseball season. But I'm excited to talk some baseball. But before we do that, Going to do my best Pat Mayo impression here. Want to get you guys into some draws. There is a $100 draw, $100 on DraftKings. All you have to do, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Say something really nice about the show, as we always ask you to do. And then, of course, leave your DraftKings handle so we know who to give the money to. Because you're such a kind person. We want to thank you with that money. Another draw, $20. Leaving a comment on this show. First, you got to like the show on YouTube. Then in the comment section below with your DraftKings handle, leave me who you think the number one pick in 2020 should be. That's actually an interesting question as we bring in the Athletics Chris Meany. Chris, how's it going, man? Good. It's crazy. Uh, time flies, man. This I know. We last were, uh... year we were sitting here and I think we were debating. Well, it wasn't much of a debate. Remember we were talking about Aaron Otto and Vlad? Yeah. Or well, not, there Anthony was, Rendon, uh, and Vlad. Rendon and Rendon Vlad, and Vlad. Uh, talking about Arenado as like a top five-ish top pick. Top five-ish he pick and not kind of falling down the board. Not there anymore. We can get into that a little bit yeah, if we want to. Be to. Here, uh, but I think one thing we were talking about last year was Mookie Betts. Does he have a case to be the number one pick? Yeah. Uh, because Mike Trout has essentially been sitting as the number one pick <laughs> in baseball for the better part of a half decade now. Yeah. Um, that is not the case, no. at least on average, by NFBC. So I'm going to read off the top 10 here. Okay. Uh, gets, gets exciting right off the top. Ronald yes. Acuna Jr., the oh number one pick by ADP, followed by Mike Trout, very closely followed yes. by Kristen Yelich. Bit of a gap as we go from three to four. Mookie Betts comes in with an ADP of 5.1, which means he's not necessarily the consensus number four pick. We start to get into a little bit of uncharted territory there, although maybe that changes now that Mookie Betts, not technically officially, but is definitely going to be a member of the Dodgers. Uh, His new teammate, Cody Bellinger, sits right behind him at five. Garrett Cole, the first pitcher off the board at number six. Francisco Lindor at number seven. Jacob deGrom at number eight. Trey Turner at number nine. Alex Bregman, who no one has thought about. No. In the past six months, no, quietly living his life in Houston, yeah, uh, comes in at number ten. So uh, we didn't make, you know, we're always very open about our rooting allegiances sure. on this show. You yeah. are an Angels fan. I, I am a Jays fan. Yes, uh, we are recording this roughly a half kilometer away from Rogers Center. I feel right <laughs> at home. Um, I gotta ask you. Yeah. So Mike Trout last season career high yes. three fifty three ISO since the beginning of two thousand seventeen. Has a 184 WRC plus. JD Martinez is second at 158. That's how much better Mike Trout has been than every other qualified player in baseball the last yeah. three years. Yeah. Those aren't even necessarily his best three years. This guy right. has been a champ. He's already a set in stone Hall of Famer. Yeah. He is what he is. He's the most consistent player in baseball. I guess you could say there's been some injury concerns. I guess. There have been. 
yeah, I mean, where where do you where do you sit on this? Are are, are you drinking the Acuna Kool Aid? <laughs> I, I am drinking the Acuna Kool Aid because I think he's phenomenal, and there's actually probably room to grow for the kid, which is pretty scary. But at the same time, I feel like some pitchers will adjust. I mean, he struck out the second most out of anyone in baseball. Yep. I know he has top five in plate appearances, so that's a positive. You can take away a little bit of that. But you're talking about, you know, WRC plus and all the guys that were right around that 40 home run range. It's weird to see a WRC plus from Acuna at 126 compared to, you know, you talked about Trout and Yelich is right there as well. It's not just those last three years in WRC plus. You know, you get into ex-WOBA, which is a stat I know that you like, 440. That's number one since 2017. Judge is next at 417. Yep. Like there's a huge gap between there. I just feel like he's the safest player still in baseball. You just said a, coming off a career season where he had a 353 ISO, also 45 home runs was a career high for him, 645 slugging, line drive rate, career high, fly ball rate, career high. I think he is just entered those prime years at age 28. I really feel like it's such a crazy, which is crazy because <laughs> yeah, I think he's about to get to his best which, version of himself. Yeah. I'm an angels fan, but I watch 99% of the game. Oh, no. So I see it. So I'm I not see saying you're crazy. Hand. I'm saying that's a crazy concept. No, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, two years ago he got hurt and we really didn't see the peak. And there has been a couple injuries. I think on average he's played, I think he's missed about 25. He's still mainly gotten to 600 plate appearances, which not the be-all end-all, because like you said, right. Acuna was up over 700. Yeah. I uh, believe led the National League and played appearances. And he probably will again. Well, There's let's be serious value in that. There like, is. Like you mentioned, yeah. he's a guy who struck out 30.4% of the time in the second half of the season. Yeah. There was a stretch in late August. Everyone kind of forgets it because it was sort of bookended by this stretch of he's going to lead off the game with a home run every single day. Yeah. You know, he went like, I don't know the exact number, but it was like seven for 50 with about yeah. like, 24 25 like there was a rough run mm -hmm. i think he has the kind of swing where he can definitely find himself in some prolonged slumps just because the contact rate is so low you don't get that worry with trout you know exactly yeah. what trout is going to give you yeah. um i guess the only like i was really trying to come up with why i wouldn't take trout one it's a stolen bases isn't uh, it it's definitely the stolen bases it's the potential for the 40 40 season yeah because if you look back you know, even 2017, we'll talk about J.D. Martinez a little bit later, but 2017, J.D. Martinez finishes third among all position players in total value in standard 5x5 five five leagues at the end of the season. He is the only guy in the top eight of those positional players who did it without getting 20 steals. Right. Stolen bases, as we've talked about year after year after year, they're like the elixir of life in yeah. fantasy baseball. You need, you yeah. almost need to get steals in the first round. Or yeah. if you don't get steals in the first round, you need to have a set in stone path or be willing to pay a little bit sooner on some of those guys who always have the like mid 100s ADPs who you're like, oh, Malik Smith, he, yeah. he might get me 30 steals. Like you're probably gonna have to pay a premium for someone like that. So I, I guess I can kind of see where maybe the steals are going in the opposite direction. Maybe Los Angeles becomes. You know, for all the benefits of having a, you know, quote unquote super team, which mm -hmm. I, I don't know if they quite have the best lineup in baseball. No, they don't. They might not even have a top five lineup in baseball, yeah. but, you know, but you, it add, is improved. you add Jock, you add Anthony yeah. Rendon. I don't know how much Pujols has left. Nothing. I don't know if you're going to get, you know, I don't know what kind of seasons you're going to get from someone like Tommy Lastella, who I think mm -hmm. maybe had his career best season Absolutely. last year. Outlier. Um, but at the same time, I think we can safely say this is probably the second or third, maybe even the best lineup Trout's ever played in. So from a run scoring standpoint, from an RBI production standpoint, this is probably the best case scenario for him, but maybe they become a more station-to-station -station team like New York, like Houston, 
and we see his steals go down. The only other thing I can come up with, uh, and this is something that's brought up constantly against these quote unquote good hitters, mm-hmm. good real life hitters, mm-hmm. uh, he walks a lot. Uh, yeah. 20.5% walk rate with men on base. Uh, that's the highest yeah. rate of anyone in baseball, uh, which starts to take away from some of those RBI opportunities. Also has the lowest or had the lowest swing rate of his career overall last season at just 36.8%. So aggression is definitely on Acuna's side. Mm-hmm. Steals are definitely on Acuna's side. But I think if you just, if you have the number one pick in a draft and you want to make sure that it's it's just going to go well. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to take away from Trout's ceiling, obviously. He's got arguably the highest ceiling of any player in baseball. Yeah. I think I'm still leaning Trout. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, he's come top 10 in every year but one. The one season he had 114 games and he still finishes a top 20 player. Yeah. And the stolen base is only 11 last year. Average 25 the, the two years prior. I think he can get to that 20 mark. I really do. And you mentioned the walks. You know, since 2017, eight more strikeouts than walks. Like, it's, it's, that's crazy yeah, alone. It's like, he's walking. But at the same time, you mentioned some of those guys in the lineup. You know, you bring in Anthony Rendon. Simmons is a contact hitter. David Fletcher is a contact hitter. Justin Upton may be in a situation where he could hit 220 and lead the league in RBIs, like, because he's just going to have so many opportunities to drive in runs. But there was a point last season in a 0 0 ball game in the fifth inning where there was no outs and Trout came up and he was intentionally walked because Brian Goodwin was batting behind Mike Trout. Yeah. So that is just, I think the walks maybe will come down. You know, you can make a debate about plate protection, whether you believe in that kind of stuff or not, but having a guy like Anthony Rendon behind you compared to Brian Goodwin is a plus. Trout's even someone who, uh, you see this a lot in like basketball where a guy can go off for a summer and say, I am going to improve in this facet of my game. And in basketball, I'm not saying it's easy to get better, but Mm -hmm. it's easy to say you're going to get better at something, work at that specific thing, and then execute it because you're in control of what you're doing most of the time. Baseball, it's hard to be like, I'm going to get better at X because you don't know how you're going to be attacked. You don't know what situations you're going to encounter. So much is out of your control. I feel like Trout is that guy who just, a couple seasons back, he's like, I'm going to stop being beat by the high fastball. It stopped happening. Right. Like, I I think if he goes into this season thinking, I can be more aggressive Mm -hmm. because I'll get better pitches to hit because Rendon's behind me, I think it happens. Like yeah. I think he, I think he can make that kind of stuff happen. Uh, We've been down this road before, though. I know we talk about Mookie. There's a bigger argument. It's a, it's a legitimate argument this year with with Acuna. Oh sure, we didn't even and, and Yelich. We can we can bring Yelich into right. this too. Uh, last year with Mookie, I mean, the year before that, some people were kind of Altuve. The year before that, there was some Kershaw buzz. Remember when Bryce Harper had the big MVP season? There was yep. some Harper Trout debate. So every year, I just think there is some safety there. You mentioned Trout. Everyone, the high fastball pitchers adjusted, and he had to adjust. And now we're seeing Acuna with that strikeout rate and all the strikeouts that he had. I feel like they'll have to be in a adjustment period for him too and then yeah Yelich I mean he's been the best of the three since the all-star break in 2018 just a ridiculous slash line 342 436 705 69 homers a 190 WRC plus he he has been the better of the three in yeah in a year and a half I was gonna say I think right now if I had to rank them I would go Trout Yelich Yelich, yeah I think Um, I would too and again that's not disparaging Acuna. It's just about the quality of player we see in this top three. Because like you said, if you take his numbers from last season, and I know uh, he still, I think it was like 600 or 601 plate appearances. He just got over before he broke his kneecap, which Mm -hmm. is still an incredibly painful sounding injury. Uh, Apparently he's he's perfectly fine. He's going to have a normal spring training. So I don't think we have to worry about that Mm -hmm. too, too much. Uh, But if you prorate those numbers to even 650 plate appearances, 
which as we talked about with Acuna, Yelich is easily someone who can get 700 plate appearances easily. if he stays healthy this yeah. season. 650. 49 home runs, 34 stolen bases, 112 runs, 109 RBI. So maybe not the 40-40 potential, but 50-30 is not bad. Yeah, 50-30 is not bad. Um, I, there's nothing negative really to say about Yelich. You talked about the knee. I mean, that's splitting hairs. You wonder. No, he split his kneecap. Yeah, sure. <laughs> is he going to run as much? I mean, he'll probably be fine. The I back so, creeped yeah. up at one point throughout the season. I mean, is that, are we looking into it too much? He's just got to stay away from Ryan Braun. Don't let Ryan Braun get his weird injury juice all over yeah, you. Yeah, Ryan Braun, get just away from clear. me. Don't hit next to me in the lineup and just stay away from me. I mean, that's that's the only negative thing that I can say about Yelich. He backed up absolutely everything. The high ground ball rate that anybody talked about, oh, the, the home runs. We begged to, him. Milwaukee. We begged him to change yeah. that, and he did. Yeah. It was amazing. It's so everything has just been – it's been a large enough sample size where I completely buy into what he's shown us over the past yeah. two seasons. I mean, that was that was always the thing. And I you know, I got egg on my face last year because I sat in this very seat and yeah. said that I would – I would not be drafting Christian Yelich yeah. at his ADP. I didn't like it. He hadn't made the adjustments. Yeah. It was all kind of fluky. Uh, and look, he still had last season a 32.8% home run to fly ball ratio. Yeah. But that was actually down from where it was in 2018. Um, he goes from a one point two, or he had a 1.20 ground ball to fly ball ratio last season. That was the best mark of his career by far. The prior two seasons, it had been at 2.20. Uh, so almost a completely different hitter from a, you know, a, a batting, a batted ball profile perspective right. and, and the kind of profile you would want at what has always been one of the best offensive parks in all of baseball, Miller Park. And even if you want to hold that against him, even if you want to say, because I know towards, you know, we, I don't know how much we're going to talk about the Astros stuff and, and how much that impacts people, but there were some rumors around that time when the Astros stuff came out that maybe there was something a little weird going on in Milwaukee too. Mm -hmm. uh, and these rumors apparently yeah. had been swirling for a couple of years as well. So I took a look at it, his slash line on the road. And I, I do remember to start last season, I think he had like 20 of his first 22 home runs at home. At home, yeah. So there was a major difference. But he finished the season on the road slashing 312, 409, 597 with a 152 WRC+. plus. The best comparable I could find to that slash line for last season was a full season home and road of J.D. Martinez, <laughs> who was 304, 383, 557 with a 139 WRC+. plus. So just Christian Yelich on the road was a far better hitter than J.D. Martinez amazing. anywhere last season. Uh, another kind of cool thing uh, I found out with Yelich, and this is something, uh, you know, we always talk about knowing your league and, and kind of how you can do some loophole stuff and yeah. maybe get your, get your edge depending on, uh, you know, how your league is set up. Uh, baseball, not so much like football, really no concrete end date to the fantasy season. Right. Uh, some yeah. people play it out all 162. Uh, yeah. uh, so this year you're pretty much going to have leagues that end either on September 13th, September 20th, or September 27th. I usually plan a lot of leagues that take out the last week of the season because Same. it can get a little nutty. So yeah. if your league does end on September 20th, the Brewers spend the entirety of the 20th to the 27th on the road. So you're going to miss two Yelich road series. You're going to get all 81 home games at Miller Park. 12 of their last 15 games are played at Miller Park. So the entirety of the fantasy playoffs, essentially, mm -hmm. you're going to get Christian Yelich at home. That's that's a, that's huge. It Which, actually is. That's pretty nice. It is really nice because there's no question it, where he plays in Milwaukee is, is huge. I mean, you just gave some numbers. So that... Uh, that's significant, I think, when you're you really are splitting hairs. Back to that again, I think it's I think it's a big thing. You know, 
rotisserie leagues, I understand, you know, you want that speed. Because you can't you can't punt that position. Yeah. If you want to win, you can't. You just you have to at least be middle of the pack. I think in a head-to-head league, I you stolen bases, in my opinion, come down a little bit. Like Trey Turner, when I see him get drafted sixth, seventh overall in a head-to-head league, I, I just kind of shake my head. And, but in points league, it's been Yelich and Trout. Even last year, as good as Acuna was yep. in a points league, those guys had more points per game than Acuna, and they finished with more points than Acuna. Yeah, and I, I think I of they're the better three, overall hitters. like not that this is necessarily going to happen, but if I said to you, uh, two of these guys are going to hit 320 and one of these guys is going to hit 270, and you have to pick which one was going to hit 270, it's Acuna. No yeah. question in my mind. Yeah, Because those two guys are just average savants. Yeah. And, you know, for as much as steals were sort of the... I mean, clearly, they're not forgotten about anymore. No. Uh, maybe five years ago, people were sleeping on steals and the yeah. value of steals. It still just seems like batting average is... It's it's so hard to get later in rounds, and it's so hard to get attached to anything of meaning. Like, mm-hmm. you can pick up a Nick Markakis yeah. and cross your fingers that he hits 10 home runs this season. Yeah. But to get someone who's going to hit you 320 and, and be just a five-category contributor... Uh, it, it's so valuable. You, you just, it is very valuable. You just don't know because you talked about station to station in some teams like the Yankees, the Astros, maybe the Angels. You, you wonder what the Braves, because there was a time where Trout was flirting with 40-42. And yeah. you just realized he's you know, he's not going to steal as many bags anymore. He's just going mean, to be look, a pure hitter. This happens fast sometimes, yeah. too. Like uh, Carlos Correa steals yeah. 20 bases his rookie season, zero immediately year, stops he? stealing bases. Yeah. Manny Machado yep. uh, steals 20, 25 bases yeah. very early on in his career, immediately stops stealing yep. bases. There are players who, I mean, it, it could be one bad slide. You jam your finger. You, your manager says, like, hey, don't yeah. worry about doing that anymore. And that's happened to Trout We're a fine. couple of times. That has <laughs> happened to Trout. Um, there could be reasons we don't see this from Acuna. So, again, I, I just think from a consistency standpoint, um, from a batting average, five-cat standpoint, uh, and the strikeout rate you brought up as well, yeah. I think he has the most red flags. Mm-hmm. If, if we're standing back and looking at a collection of the amount of green flags versus red flags, it's still like 97% yeah, green flags. So there's a lot of green. Uh, but there there are a couple more red and flags. And if you're starting to keep really going to Dynasty League, it's probably a different story. You're probably going to Acuna. Yeah. He's just, I mean, he's I'm, just I'm so always young. for the... Although Yelich is like what, to, 26, 27? I, I, yeah, I think he's a year younger than Trout, so he's right in that range of probably entering his prime yeah. power years as well. God. Which is nuts to say, but I guess if you're, I'm always in the mindset where I want to win the win now, and I do feel like Trout is. I, I don't think we're making a case. Like he's definitely the best player in baseball. That's I mean, for sure. We're talking he could also here. just end up playing like another ten. But he could. Seasons, yeah, right? he certainly could. Um, yeah, man, it's it's a it's a good debate. And I was talking to Derek Van Riper the other day when we were doing the show at the Athletic, and you know he said he saw Trout fall to five. That's crazy. I mean, if you get him at four or five. Just consider Just, it a win. I mean, try telling someone that last year. You're going to do a fantasy draft next season. And After you're gonna he get had Mike his, Trout, arguably his best season. Who's fully healthy going into camp. Yeah. You're going to get this guy at fifth. Uh, you bring up just some varying opinions, though, and we do have the NFBC ranks, but mm-hmm. uh, we've also got some practical data yeah. here. So uh, you have the labor results from this season, some of the some of the best minds in all yes. of fantasy baseball. Uh, so how did they go through these first three picks? So it was Acuna, Trout, Yelich. Okay, so right, then, right by the NFBC. Yeah, exactly. Right okay. by the NFBC. And then Bellinger and Betts to follow. You know, for as much as we've talked about the track record of Trout and the track record of Yelich, uh, you can't deny the appeal of upside sometime, too. Yeah. Uh, Acuna is a great unknown. He could he could come out this season and be the greatest baseball player we've ever seen in our lives. Yeah, he, it's no, on the table. He so. could be. It's not like he came out of nowhere. Really. Exactly. There yeah, is there is a lot of pedigree elite, with someone like Ronald Acuna. Elite prospect and was great 
from day one when he played for, yeah. the, for the Braves. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, to number four now, uh, and, and like I don't want to disparage Bellinger in any way because he sure. also can bring some stolen base upside to the table, yeah. especially positionally. Absolutely. Um, but he's he's not really involved here. The, the name I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, and obviously he's been talked about a lot in the past couple weeks, uh, Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. So Betts was someone who we already mentioned. Uh, consensus, second overall pick yeah. last season. Yeah. Um, coming off his career year. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's maybe something that's scaring me off a little bit about Mookie Betts, is if you look at the last four seasons as a whole, 2018 is starting to really look like an outlier season, uh, specifically his power. Uh, so in 2018, had a 294 ISO. Uh, Steamer this season projects him at 236, which is a lot closer to what we saw last year, yeah. a lot closer to what we saw in 16 and 17, uh, especially now moving from Fenway Park to Dodger Stadium, allegedly. Yeah. Um, Got to gotta find those prospects, get those <laughs> medicals checked out. Um, is there any, trade for the any case that you can come to grips with that Mookie Betts belongs Let's not even say as the number one pick, but in the discussion amongst those three guys. I think so. I I may pick him ahead of Bellinger, potentially. Oh, sure. Bellinger, yeah. Bellinger, yeah, fine. Yeah. But those those three guys. But those if, three. If you're picking three and either one of those two are off the table. And I don't it's think. Yelich versus Mookie or yeah. Trout. Ver- well, not Trout versus yeah, Mookie. Yeah. I think I know where you're going. But yeah. like Acuna versus Mookie, let's say. Because we, we each have Acuna yeah. three. Is there any reason to think that Mookie could go over Acuna? I don't I don't think so. I'm it's it is really close. I, I think honestly, if he was a member of the Boston Red Sox, I may think about it. You know, and, and that's crazy to think too, but I, I feel like his numbers probably will take a little bit of a dip going to the Dodger Stadium as much like as you know, you could still hit home runs there. The lineup is gonna be great. And just looking at just his home road splits over the past couple of years and it <sighs> It, they're both they've been great on the road and they've been great at home but even still 2019 314 average at home 17 home runs on the road 275 12 home runs he had more runs at home than on the road basically the plate appearances were pretty much dead on i think he had yeah. five more plate appearances at home 2018 hit 364 at home 331 on the road the the home runs actually went the other way he had 19 home runs on the road and only 13 but he had almost 60 more plate appearances so there's that and then 2017 299 at home and 251 on the road 16 home runs to eight so just overall he's actually had more home runs on the road but in more plate appearances the runs are dead even but the average has been much better at home so i don't know is is that looking into it a little bit too much Maybe I mean, not. you're not you're not suggesting he's not he's, the fourth overall pick right he's still gonna be a 300 hitter yeah. He's still going to score 100 runs there. He's still probably oh, yeah. going to steal There could be a case to be made that bags. he leads the league in runs scored if he bats Absolutely. lead off for the he Dodgers. Sh- he probably sh- that he would be um, my bet to probably lead the, the lead league in but runs. But if he does that with and look, the stolen bases went down last season. They did. Um I think the home runs are more 25 to 30ish yeah, than not 35 30 to 40ish. I agree there. So if if you're going to get let's say best case scenario 310 25 25 with 120 runs and like 90 to 85 RBI, mm-hmm. that's a great season. That's the that's the number yeah. four player in fantasy baseball. Absolutely, but that's not Acuna. Right. That's not Trout. Yeah, that's not yet. It's not the it doesn't have the power. The it's same just, he lacks, the same power. He lacks the power. Right, and you know, like you said, with the home road splits, it's not like it was just bets either. I mean, I I know Xander Bogarts has oh, yeah. some crazy home road splits yeah. as well. Like he is a different player at Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. 
than he is anywhere and else. Forget just Fenway Park. How about the AL East? It's the, probably the best division to yeah, hit. Yeah, I mean, in terms of ballparks, uh, I mean, it's it's definitely one of the best. And even the strengths of certain teams, like you obviously don't want to play the Yankees right. because the Yankees are going to score 15 runs a game. Yeah, got a great bullpen. Yeah, not the best starters in the world. No. Like, <laughs> Balt. Baltimore 19 times a season? Right. And oh. how many times did the Red Sox just crush the Orioles? I believe. I mean, weren't they like them 17, 18, 18 and times. 1 against yeah, the like Orioles last season? I don't want to take anything away from J.D. Endeavors and Bogarts and Betts, but, I mean, they everybody absolutely sure. crushed they Baltimore. Weren't Gla- they weren't Glaber Torres, <laughs> but they had yeah. some great numbers against the Orioles. Yeah. It sucks not getting to play the Orioles 19 times a For season. For sure. Um, and going to Petco and going to Oracle yeah. Park. Like, yeah. I, I like saying AT&T still. Or I'm getting used yeah. to the whole Oracle Park thing. Uh, I mean, look, though, Betts, fantastic player. I went through among active players uh, who qualify, guys who have a swinging strike rate below 20% and an ISO above 200, mm-hmm. which is just such a rare feat. Yeah. Uh, it's him, it's Jose Ramirez, it's Mike Trout, it's yeah. Alex Bregman. Albert Pujols is also on this list. Um, <laughs> mostly front-weighted yes. to the start of his career, but sure. he is on this list. Yeah. Going to make the Hall of Fame yep. first ballot. First ballot, no question. Uh, we can all go back and remember how great he was yep. a couple years from now. He He's a phenomenal player. He's in a phenomenal spot. But, yeah, it's this is different than when someone goes from San Diego to Colorado or mm-hmm. San Diego to Boston. He's going from a great situation yeah. to an equally great situation. Or Baltimore to San Diego like Manny Machado. Yeah. You know, I think you just have to ask yourself, at that point, around the five range, do you want to take Cole, DeGrom, or Betts? Yeah, and they're they're definitely in the mix. Uh, I mean, that draft you were saying where Mike Trout went fifth, one of the reasons he went fifth is someone jumped up and And took took Garrett Cole. So let's let's talk about that. So again, back half of the top 10 NFBC ranks, we've got Garrett Cole at six, Francisco Lindor at seven, Jacob DeGrom at eight, Trey Turner at nine, Alex Bregman rounds out the top 10. So two pitchers, yeah. arguably the best pitcher in the American League, best pitcher in the National League, at yeah. least as voted on by journalists last season. Yes. Uh, Cole versus DeGrom. Look, DeGrom was a stud, and I, I think he was, his second half of the season was a little bit overshadowed by the dominance of Cole and Verlander. And I think he's also always going to be overshadowed by himself because he's never going to be able to recapture what he had in 2018. But after the All-Star break, he was pretty close. He had a 2.12 FIP and a 33% strikeout rate over the final 94 innings of 2019. That's insane. But when you know that he went through an entire season with like a 1.7 FIP, you're like, eh. It's like video game numbers you're playing on rookie. Like, that would be the show. It's, It's ridiculous. But at the same time, Garrett Cole last season, I mean... Just the, the stri- 326 strikeouts. To put that in perspective, again, DeGrom, class of the National League, yes. struck out 255. Yeah. So almost 70 strikeouts fewer. And he gets to face pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> Every once like, in a while. I mean, I, I guess the conversation we can have is, and, and it's one I've heard, I know Howard Bender on yeah. SiriusXM has had this conversation. I know a lot of people have had this conversation. There's always going to be the question of, you show up to Yankee Stadium, you got the big contract, yeah. bright lights, big city, media attention. I don't think it worries me. Are you worried at all about the Yankee factor here? I, I'm not. I, I guess the one thing that I will say about Cole is uh, he does allow some bombs. He allows he some does. home runs. I mean, 29 home runs last year, 40% fly ball rate. 
42% fly ball rate the year before that. 79 home runs since the start of 2017. That's the ninth most in baseball. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not worried about it. We've seen, even recently, some players like Machado and Harper sign that big contract. They were both letdowns, in my opinion, last season. But for Cole, I'm I'm just I'm not worried at all. I think he figured something out in Houston. Yeah. Number one, in terms of whiff rate, strikeout percentage, I mean, 40%, swing strike percentage, contact rate is second. It's everything across the board is just elite, elite, elite. So I think you just have to ask yourself a bit of preference. Do you want to trade in 80 to 100 strikeouts for a better ERA? I mean, more control, I suppose, with DeGrom. He's had a sub two walks per nine back-to-back seasons. And if you really are looking deep into it and wins are so hard to predict – DeGrom has 36 wins over his last three yeah, years. He has you, 36 you, you wins. You really do feel like, so So are you Cole suggesting. Cole has 35 in his last two years. I was going to say, are you <laughs> suggesting that we're going to get maybe like three years worth of normalization <laughs> on DeGrom and you're projecting forward? Or are we just no, saying I'm, Garrett Cole's going to win 22 games this year because he pitches for the Yankees and yes, he's really good? that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. I'm saying Garrett Cole is going to get 80 more strikeouts. And honestly, he's, I know wins are so crazy, but you can predict them. Because it's right there. You got yeah. the Yankees in the offense. He's going to win 20 plus games yeah. unless he gets hurt. And here's the thing with like, we always talk about National League versus American League, and rightfully so. The biggest part of that, of that, uh, of that conversation is they get to face weaker lineups generally. They only have to face eight hitters. They can yeah. take a bit of a break yeah. with the pitchers. One thing we don't talk about, not that it's like necessarily a fair trade off, but if you're an American League pitcher and you've thrown 95 pitches going into the sixth inning, and you're Garrett Cole, yeah. you're going back out there for the seventh. Right. In the National League, and this really does factor in yeah. to the win the win expectancy for a guy yeah. like DeGrom, there's some weird lineup stuff where some nights they're oh, going to yeah. have to pinch hit for you yeah. in a tie game, especially the close games. Absolutely. Got to pinch hit for and you. And you know they're going to be close games. He's not getting the yeah. run support. The bullpen is not as good as it is for Although the Yo's going to come back and hit 40 home runs. So this, <laughs> is all, this is all fine. Sure. Um, but... Yeah, like there, there are definitely win expectancy disadvantages to pitching in the National League, mm-hmm. um, and I think that has to be as for for as unlucky as we all know Jacob Degrom is, extremely because he is deserving of fifty wins the last three seasons. Yes, uh, part of this is National League, yeah. and, and I think we can't ignore that. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think you have to go Cole. Yeah, um, there are strikeouts you can find later on. You can make sure Devil's Advocate. You could say, you know, there's guys. It's a lot of people are swinging and missing free swingers these days. So there, you can find some strikeouts later on, and at the same time, you you won't obviously be able to find the type of ratios for Degrom that can really kind of stabilize like the WHIP, the ERA, all yeah. that stuff later on in drafts. But I'm taking those strikeouts. Yeah, I, I just think you take the strikeouts and you work backwards from there, and even the home runs. So like you said, 16.9 percent home run to fly ball ratio last season. If this had been five years ago and you said, okay, you're taking that guy and his his inclination to give up home runs and sticking it in Yankee Stadium, I'd probably be a little concerned, but you start looking at the way elite pitchers are taught to pitch now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Scherzer gives up a ton of home runs. Oh, yeah. Justin Verlander, Verlander gives up a ton, a ton, of, home ton of home runs because guys just pitch high in the strike zone yeah. and say, look... You might get one this game, but there's no one on base because I'm throwing it. I'm throwing strikes all game, uh, and there's no one else because you're hitting weak fly balls. Yeah, they're solo shots. So, yeah, like I'm just not overly concerned about it's. It's a weird thing to say, but home runs don't scare me off that much anymore. I I may be concerned about Cole long term. Um, You know, he he throws hard. He's thrown a lot of innings. Maybe sure. Potentially looking down the road, but 
I'm not concerned about Yankee Stadium. This kid, this guy has always wanted to be a Yankee. He's going to yeah. come in there with a smile on his face. He's going to be motivated. And look, he's it's not like he's going strikes. from Kansas City to New York. Not that Houston's New York, but this guy's been pitching in high leverage situations Absolutely. for the entirety of the last two years. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. Even in Pittsburgh, yeah. he pitched in an NL wildcard game. Like, yeah. He's used to this kind of pressure. Yeah. So I, I think I'm fine with it. Uh, nitpicky stuff, if we want to. Had a .79 whip in Houston. Uh, that went up to 1.02 on the road. On the road, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, the ballpark thing is... I don't think the can thing worked in reverse for pitchers. <laughs> yeah, so I, don't, I don't think so. I don't know how to explain that, but... Yeah, I I don't think there's... I, you know, going to Yankee Stadium, of course, you're going to get those those bunt home runs, those weird ones that we saw last year. Who knows what the ball is going to be like this year, too? That's another thing. Nobody knows. Like, if, if, if really... If the biggest knock we have on Cole is a 17% home run to fly ball ratio, yeah. maybe the ball's different. Yeah. And maybe that goes away. I, so. I think it could be somewhere in between. But who Find knows? a happy medium? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out from a non MLB sanctioned report yeah. in, uh, I don't know, July. Yeah. So probably. we'll figure it out. Uh, moving out of the top 10, we've got Trevor Story at number 11, Juan Soto, hero yeah. of the World Series what for the Nationals. Boss. At number 12, Nolan Arenado at number 13, Justin Verlander, the aforementioned Verlander at number 14, Max Scherzer at 15, Freddie Freeman comes in at number 16, Walker Bueller at 17, Fernando Tatis Jr. at 18, Jose Ramirez at 19, Anthony Rendon rounds out the top 20. So, got a lot of nationals in there. Yeah. I feel like you're really getting some value, like Arenado. So let's Ramirez. let's talk briefly about Arenado, because um, I I just think the only thing that's keeping him down, and I, I I might be wrong about this, but seems like it's just the prospect of a trade. Yeah, it's you're dead on. Um, so it's the only thing that I can think of, because he's I, been so consistent. I mean, he's been incredible. You you go through the numbers. We we brought these up last year, and they've remained true. Like yeah. across the last three seasons, he is crushing everyone in baseball and runs bad at it. Yes, because he just gets so many opportunities. Uh, you know, this is something I, I wanted to bring up with Mookie and, and even with Acuna. Um, the run expectancy created by batting leadoff is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're in a points league, it doesn't really matter. If you're in a head-to-head league, something to think about is there is there is a bit of trouble with RBIs when you bat leadoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the outlier to that rule was Charlie Blackman for the yeah. longest time because everyone hits. It doesn't matter if you've got a crappy catcher and a crappy pitcher coming in at 8-9. There's going to be someone on base because it's Coors Field. Uh, that It's such a good environment. But at the same time, I look at Arenado and I think, so the trade deadline is July 31st, which means you're going to get three and a half months at least. April, May, June. Four months, excuse me. Yeah. You're going to get four months, definitely. Well, maybe not definitely. It could happen midseason. Who yeah. knows? But – most likely, you're going to get four months of, of Arenado at Coors Field. Understandably, the numbers do drop off home away. But he's not a bad hitter. No, he's a great On the road. Hitter. Yeah. So I guess that might be baked in here at number 13. But, you know, when you're looking in a, in a head-to-head league, if I'm looking like Trey Turner versus Nolan Arenado, I'm probably going to go with Arenado. I'm taking Arenado just, all day. Just in the in sense of, like, what if he doesn't get yeah. traded? Yeah. How 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 amazing would that value be? It would yeah, I mean that's the only thing that I can think of and I think he probably will get traded. I there seems too. to be some pretty bad blood between him and the organization. I read a weird thing on Twitter yesterday that some, somebody had sent this to like a Colorado beat writer that said my co- my teacher's coworker 
saw Arenado and his agent yesterday at Bush Stadium. And I was like, there's lots of questions I have here. First and foremost, why is this person also at Bush Stadium? Yeah. But that's that's the rumor mill that I've hear, heard. So wow. does he end up as a Cardinal? Who knows? But Yeah, it's, it, it's certainly possible. I mean, Colorado is such a weird organization. Like a lot of their kids, they've just buried and they haven't given them opportunities. They've gotten some like like Desmond, you know, is is kind of hurt the 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 coming of Hampson or sure, yeah. McCann I mean, there's every year we guys. have new Colorado prospect X. Yeah, that, that we're all excited. That we're about, all so excited about. But we don't. Get a chance yeah, they to just get, we just see little small sample sizes of them, and we, they never get a chance to to play and opportunities. But I I feel like he is gone. But at the same time, you just said he's he's still a great hitter. He's still if he, if you told me he would play. 182 games or 162 games with the Cardinals this season, I would still think that he would hit 30 home runs and drive in 100, score 100, and hit, I don't know, at worst, 290. I still think he's a, yeah. a 290 hitter away from Coors Field. So I, he's he's just a phenomenal hitter. So I think that there's a little bit of value there to be had towards the end. But, you know, you're talking head-to-head. This is the thing with Turner is that I know he's going to hit more home runs than Turner. I know yep. he's going to he's going to drive in more than Turner. And the fact that he's hitting ten to fifteen home runs more is also more runs yep. that he's going to come across sure. and score too. So, and I mean, look, Turner, uh, we don't actually know where he's going to be. No, in this there's some new reports Nationals that he could lineup, hit in the third in the three spot, which is fine. Yeah, but it's a different type of fantasy value, right? Yeah. Like that you Fewer do start runs. to lose run expectancy there and. Who knows? You might even start to lose some stolen bases. I don't see it though. Who's going to lead off for them? Robles? I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's a yeah. good enough hitter. I mean, I think I think that would be the projection. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think you just start with Trey Turner, especially knowing what we know now, where it's it's more about just getting your best hitters the most played appearances they can possibly get. Yeah. I would still bat him lead off. Yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, something I, to think about. I think Turner's fine, but again, he's 290, 30 stolen bases probably. And like, hasn't home runs. hasn't necessarily been the most healthy guy no in the world he definitely either, hasn't he's had some fluky seasons, injuries so. but he yeah, hasn't weird stuff. He, he's something has always seemed yeah. to, to pop up for him so yeah if you're talking head to head i don't think there's any question for me i'm taking the guy who's gonna get who's gonna give me more power yeah and the stolen bases are great to have but i think there's a i think you just down tick them a little bit in a head-to-head format sure I, I i agree with you i think depending on format arenado yeah. over trey turner for me as well uh we do get into this tier of like the consistent, consistent every single year, guys. You got Verlander, you got Scherzer, you got Freddie Freeman. Love Freeman. You just know what you're going to get yeah. every single season. I remember we talked about this last year and ended up being right. I mean, we had Freeman as just, he should be the best first yeah. baseman. He should be the Stud. first first baseman. He wasn't taken. going in the first round. It's crazy. Last year. Uh, and look, I understand it this year. There's just so much top flight talent. It's yeah. a great problem to have. Uh, but yeah, Freeman, you, you just know exactly what you're going to get every single year. The new blood here, I mean, obviously you got Soto, but I think we can all agree that Soto is just another one of these generational talents. Yes. Um, he showed what he can do. I don't think he's going to have some sort of like World Series slump or anything yeah. like that. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is a really interesting case. And I think I brought up this name already on this show. Uh, the name that I keep coming back to, and I distinctly remember we talked about this back in the fantasy days, he's this year's Carlos Correa. Um, he's someone who came up, and was absolutely incredible in the opportunities he got. He paced his numbers over if he played. I know he probably would have cooled off in the second half. I mean, I I, I didn't (laughs) prorate because they would have been insane, but just 372 played appearances across 84 games, slashed 317, 379, 590 (laughs) slugging percentage, had a 150 WRC+, 
22 home runs, 16 stolen bases with a 272 ISO. Uh, so he is shortstop number five by NFBC. Yeah. If you if you're including Bregman in the the shortstop sure. category, yeah. which I mean that's yeah. you can play him. Yeah, you so can much play him well. there. Yeah. Um, there are some concerns though, of course, with Fernando Tatis. Uh, 410 BAPIP. <laughs> yep, seems unstable. Uh, 31.9% home run to fly ball ratio. So there is obviously so much potential. And it's not even potential that we haven't seen. Yeah. Like for as much as you can look at the bat pip and home run to fly ball ratio and go, clearly this is unstable. It still takes a special kind of player mm-hmm. and a guy who can make a certain level of contact to be able to have that across almost 400 plate appearances. That's that's a small sample, but it's not that small no. a sample. Yeah, it's more than half a year. Um. So where are you kind of sitting with Tatis? Like, are you comfortable today saying he is definitively a top 20 pick? That's a, it's a great question. It's one that I've kind of debated between myself for the past couple weeks. And I think, I think yes. Um, but you're right. The Babbitt strikes out, he strikes out a lot. A lot. Um, that's concerning. Yeah. I, you know, if you prorate this and he wasn't going to do that, but you just gave off his numbers, like 44 home runs, 30 stolen bases. He's going to score over a hundred. He's going to drive in over a hundred. He's probably, you know, hit around 300. He has had high Babbitt's before. He's obviously got some speed, um, ground ball rate, a little high. But that could lead to, lend but itself to the BABIP. Could, right, that's what I was, was going to go there. But, I mean, the line drive rate, the hard hit rate, it's it's elite. Maybe not the hard hit rate, but 44, 44% is pretty solid. Crushed, absolutely just crushed lefties, which yeah. I think is a, is a huge thing for a young player just to be able to hit lefties like that. You know, if I just project his season – 30 homers, 90 runs, 80 RBIs. Maybe he's just a 270 hitter. And again, in my opinion, that's better than Turner. So He's not going to steal as many bags as him. He's not going to have the same average, but he's pr- he's probably going to be right there in runs. He definitely has more power, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Steamer feels pretty similar to you. So Steamer has him at 671 plate appearances, 31 home runs, 23 stolen bases, about 95 to 85 runs RBIs, yeah. give, or, give or take. Uh 265 average, 333 on base percentage, 484 slugging percentage. Yeah, I think he's better than a 265 hitter. I do. I think so too. I think Steamer tends to look at strikeout rate and take that very seriously, yeah. uh, which is fine. Yeah, That's one of the sure. biggest indicators of batting average there Absolutely. is. Uh, and you take, you say, okay, he's going to strike out in 30% of his plate appearances. I'm not saying he's going to go from a 410 bat up to like a 290 guy. Mm-hmm. I, I think the skill set he has, the contact rate, the contact skills, the speed, uh, he's someone who can survive as like a 340, 345 bat pep guy. But, you know, that starts to nip away at an average as well. Um, but, yeah, he could definitely be a 280 hitter, 285. Yeah. I, I could see that in the realm of realm of possibilities. The thing I thought that was interesting, though, um, you know, I'm old enough to remember uh, shortstop used to suck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is not the case anymore. It just yeah. seems like the best it's, athletes in baseball so play deep shortstop. now. Yeah. Remember it was just Tulo, Hanley Ramirez, <laughs> like, and Reyes? Make sure it was you those get three. Reyes. If I know. you didn't get those three, one Pull. of those three, you You're going to need really to grab uh, JJ Hardy around pick 200. He's my shortstop eight. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Great. There's studs so, at the shortstop so position. So within the top 100, just some guys who I, I picked through who have very similar steamer projections. Not yeah. even I'm saying they're going to do this, but... Very similar, uh, at least in like four of the five categories. Because none of these guys, except for Bichette, has the stolen base potential that right. Tatis has. And I have my questions about whether or not the Jays are a team that 
are even going to allow someone to steal 30 bases. It's been a very long time since Blue Jays had a 30 stolen base guy. Because he can steal bags. He can it's steal just bags. Just when we saw him come up, he was hitting doubles and homers. Yeah, you know, when you're standing on second already, <laughs> who cares? Uh, Javier Baez going off the board around pick 41 in NFBC drafts. Yeah. 367 plate appearances, or sorry, 637 plate appearances, much better. Yeah. Uh, 32 home runs, 14 stolen bases, about a 270 hitter, 500 slugging percentage. Uh, so they have him with a little bit of a power edge. Uh, they have his stolen bases, middle of the pack. Yeah. Probably best case scenario, he steals 20 bags. I don't yeah. even know if he does that. Uh, Bo Bichette, around pick 72. 663 plate appearances, 22 home runs, 24 stolen bases, about a 275 hitter, very similar OBP, very similar slugging percentage. He's actually, when you line up these two guys, Bichette and Tatis, from Steamer's perspective, are almost identical. Except that Tatis has much more power, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, Carlos Correa, the man, the myth, the legend. Gotta, yeah. gotta bring him up in this conversation, sure. obviously. Uh, going off the board around pick 96. 640 plate appearances, give or take. 33 home runs, no steals. He yeah, stopped stealing no bases. Steals. That's that's the big hole here. Uh, 273, best projected slugging percentage of the four shortstops at 519. Um, so know, I just don't believe in the power for Correa. Like I, th- I, I think he. It's just a huge if if that guy's going to be able to play full season. He's he just really hasn't been able yeah. to do it. So 500 hasn't had 500 plate appearances in three consecutive seasons. Yeah, uh, which is a very Broke big his red ribs flag. Getting a massage. Uh, I know. God, that's that's got to be one even of the best thing? injuries we've had so far. I don't even know if well, that's like, real. Like, come on, like. Yeah, I mean, that's a weird it's situation. A little fragile. I think he's a great hitter. It's just he just has not been able to. But, see. so I don't think he'll reach that thirty home run. It's funny. He he had a very good season. If you go by expected WOBA uh, among players with, I think it was four hundred fifty plate appearances. So essentially, all yeah. qualified players. Um, he had a three ninety one x WOBA, which was the sixteenth best in all of baseball. That's an elite number. Yeah, it is. So. If you go by the same statistic, uh, and, and, and you know this is obvious just with how well they performed within very small sample sizes, uh, ex-WOBA says that Tatis and Bichette both outperformed their actual WOBA by about 50 points, um, which makes a lot of yeah. sense. I think specifically for, for Bichette, I don't know if he has 35 home run potential, which is what he was kind of on pace for when he came up with the Jays. He, he is probably more of like a 25 home run at best type mm-hmm. of player. Uh, although batting leadoff, if he stays healthy, he could he could get 700 yeah. plate appearances. So you never yeah. know. Um, but Correa, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, um, and it's something that hangs over the head of Bregman. It's something that hangs over the head of Altuve, who we'll we'll talk about uh, as we keep going through these top 50 NFBC ranks. There's the home road splits. Yep. And people are going to hold these against you. He might have the most severe home road splits of anyone on the Astros last season. He had a 176 WRC plus at home, a 115 WRC plus on the road. That's still above league average. Yeah, that's pretty significant. That's, that's not notable. Right. Uh, so that that could be held against him as well. Look, I, I, I don't think what I'm suggesting here is that Tatis is better than any of those three guys. I think, like you said, I think there could even be a case to be made that he is better than Trey Turner. Uh, and I think I think he has, I think everyone can agree he has a higher upside than Trey yeah, Turner. Yeah, Definitely. For sure. Um, he has the potential to be a top five guy in fantasy yeah. baseball this season. Um, but I think what I am saying is, maybe even depending on who you grab in the first round and how comfortable you are with that person's floor, you might just not have to take Tatis here. Yeah. If you're not comfortable doing it, it's fine because you can get Baez at 40. You can get Bichette at 72. You can get Correa 
at pick 100 or, or who knows, maybe even deeper than that if people start. Heck, you can get Semyon, who's not yeah. even a bad player, too. Who will just... He was an AL MVP candidate <laughs> last year, which he, is crazy. He but... was. Like, obviously, he doesn't have that same sort of power, but he's, like, hitting in a great lineup. He's going to yep. probably, you know, he's been a decent hitter in terms of getting on base, scoring runs. He'll give you some some stolen bases for sure. No, I agree with a lot of your points, and I think it's just, yeah, if you, f- if you feel really strong about Tatis and you feel like he does have that upside to be a top-10 player, you do it. But at the same time, you're right. Like, the shortstop position is absolutely, it's just filled with so much talent, so yeah. much value it's across the board that if you're just playing in a league with just one shortstop position, you're not playing with middle infield. You're, you're kind of just strapping yourself because look at the hitters that are going after him, right? I mean, J.D. Martinez and Rendon, and if you think the bounce back with Harper... I think that Baez in you know in this labor draft is an absolute steal in the third round with 15 teams. Wow, right? That's, that's like, what he felt because there were some some doubters last season that he could duplicate this season that he had in 2017. He, he backed off a little in the second half. He too. did back off, but he still had a pretty solid campaign for somebody who didn't like who who I thought was kind of a value pick last mm-hmm. year because we weren't really completely buying in. So where did uh, Tatis so much... go out of curiosity? In my book? So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20. Right there Seems at that right. twenty, yeah. I mean the f- the fifth pick in the in the well, second round. It's a pretty teams. apt way uh, to wrap up our, yeah. our discussion on the top twenty picks yeah. for the NFBC. So we will get in to JD Martinez and some of those big power bats he talked about in that mid twenties range uh, when we come back and break down picks thirty to fifty on the Pat Mayo Experience featuring Gary and Thorne and Chris Meany. So I want to remind you guys one more time before we get out of here: if you want to get into a couple of draws, it is very easy to do so. We have a hundred dollar DK, draw that one. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Say something nice about the podcast. Leave your DK handle in that comment, in that review, and you'll be entered into a draw for 100 DK dollars. 20 DK dollars, you're already where you need to be. Just give this video a thumbs up. Give it a like. And in the comment section below with your DraftKings handle, tell us who you think should be the number one pick in the 2020 MLB Fantasy Drafts. But for Chris Meany, I am Gary and Thorne. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We'll catch you next time. Experience! Experience!